Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and in this episode, we're going to talk Joker, we're going to talk Judy, of course, latest movie news and trailers, so let's get into it. Well, Joker and Judy, Tim, you couldn't get two movies more different if you tried, huh? Yeah, absolutely, Um, and what a week of catching those two titles, and then having to talk about them in the same podcast, because Mm. you kind of have to put a completely different hat on, costume on, dress on, whatever. Um, Should we kick off with Judy? Yes, let's. I loved this movie. Yeah. I think Renee Zellweger was utterly convincing as Judy Garland. Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> I'm yeah. you're speechless. I am a little bit. I just had a really lovely time, and this the screening I went to was really intimate and small. Mm-hmm. And you know, there were people. The, the audience there were really big fans. It, it's quite a witty, funny movie, so it was mm. quite inclusive in terms of like you know audience reaction. Yeah. yeah. So it, it covers only a certain point in her life, though. Mm. So if you're going to see The Wizard of Oz years, you won't get much of no. that. It's a very specific period in her life when she was doing some concerts in London about six months before she died. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you're kind of getting a look into Judy Garland at her absolute kind of wit's end, I suppose. Yeah. Like, she's gone through so much uh, emotional abuse, um, Mm. drug abuse, alcohol abuse. Yeah. It's kind of going on that journey with her Mm. as she's going through still those ups and downs, even in her late 40s. Yeah, it was quite a bittersweet movie. It was a little Mm. bit sad. It was very sad. It was very saddening to see what she... You get glimpses of what she's been through in her life, and I think people sort of know that story by now. Mm. They know that she was a child star. The studios ran her life. She didn't get any time off they mm. plied her with drugs to keep her working ridiculous mm. hours mm. so i mean in essence, quite shocking it is it? and in essence she didn't have a normal upbringing so she's not equipped 
mentally or emotionally to be able to deal with life's challenges. She could barely adult, if you will. Yeah. Like she needed someone to mm. either lift her up or be married to. It was quite an intimate look into her life. It what didn't glamorize anything. It was kind of more mm. stripping back. But you got to see how how much of a professional she was in mm. one breath and how horrible she was to work with because of all her demons yeah and how she just couldn't pick herself back up but that she still even at the end of her career and her life Mm. she was still being pushed onto the stage yeah to perform and that was really really devastating to watch and you can see that through the character of her minder there was a minder in london who was looking after her schedule and making sure she'd get on stage and do Mm. all that kind of thing and you could see that struggle in her as a more modern woman that yeah. she was part of the problem. Yeah. I, I really saw on her face that she mm. felt like she was maybe not doing the right thing. That's a really profound thing to say. She, Yeah, when she oh, kind of realised <laughs> that she was part of the problem, that everyone in Judy's life was part of her problem. Yeah. And she was too far gone. She, could, she didn't have the strength to kind of get back up. But at the same time, she had so much grit and resilience and strength mm-hmm. because she loved to sing and to perform and to play with the audience. Mm. She was incredible. That, that relationship, her relationship with her audience and yeah. performing was a very strong thread yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah. And and it, it was good and bad mm. all at once. Like it was yeah. really positive mm. and then it was devastating yeah. and she treated them like shit. And, there was <laughs> and this, they treated her like shit. Yeah. But there was just such great moments of defiance, especially when she was younger. Mm. This really beautiful, beautifully shot moments of defiance where you know judy as a 16 year old or 15 year old might have been on a staged date with mickey rooney yeah and she wasn't allowed to eat anything because she had to look pretty be skinny if she Um, wanted the role of dorothy yeah but then she just couldn't handle it anymore Mm. and she just took a big bite of that burger and i loved things like that but ultimately you know she was pushed into doing things like that but ultimately it was self-destruction because it was causing problems for her and making a reputation that she was Mm. difficult to deal with I, um, you know, I appreciated all the flashbacks Mm. to set a context of who she was and what she dealt with, but I don't know how you felt. I thought the actress who played young Judy wasn't particularly strong. Oh, no, I liked Mm. her. I thought she was quite good. Um, But you didn't get much of her. You didn't. So, I mean, I I liked her more towards one of the last scenes that you saw. I felt like her performance Mm. was better, but I guess she was quite... She's portrayed as very naive and manipulated mm. and stuff, which is the truth. So I suppose mm. she was kind of a little bit um, wide-eyed because she had these big men telling her how to behave mm. on their set. If you want this, you're a star, you are yeah. mine. And then even the women in her life, like her handler, you mm. kind of had the juxtaposition between a handler in the 30s to a handler, you know, in the London concerts. and. Mm they were kind of similar but had different approaches Mm. speaking of wide-eyed i was fascinated by renee zellweger's physicality as judy she just did a great job such commitment inhabiting judy garland's posture her frailness Mm. that there was this wide-eyed almost psychotic thing she did while she was performing and i actually have remembered a story that when Judy Garland was younger doing might have been Wizard of Oz but it might have been Meet Me in St. Louis Mm -hmm. where she was constantly told to open her eyes and keep her eyes wide and sparkling because back then that was the that was the thing for the stars to do they had Uh to have big wide blue eyes or brown eyes and she was always being attacked for her physical appearance and always being pushed to make herself be different and 
as she got older, I'm guessing she kept that sort of thinking that her eyes always had to be wide mm. and open and like when she was performing. And Renee Zellweger was doing that as older Judy and I just was so almost distracted by it. Mm. And then I remembered, oh, no, that's what she was like. I mean, do you find that some biopics that are about artists and mm. you're singing and, of course, you're going to have a few scenes where you go through a song, they sing mm. a song from start to finish because they do portray the character well in that moment in time. I wanted, but sometimes it can get a bit much or happen too often, mm. but I wanted this whole movie. I wanted to watch mm. Renee Zellweger inhabit Judy every time she sang a song. Without giving anything away, how did you feel about the ending? Yeah, I didn't really vibe it. I yeah. thought it was a bit, uh, a bit much, a bit cliche. It was a bit a on bit, the nose. A bit on the nose. I, I didn't hate it though, but it was. It no. felt odd. It felt left of center for the tone of the movie the whole way through. I actually, Does that make sense? I, well, yeah, I actually started off when she started doing her performance. I started to. I won't give, won't give away what mm-hmm. happens, but I started to feel a little bit disappointed that oh, they're going to tie this up with a little rose-coloured bow and then do a little addendum that she died six months later. And but then they, I liked the different direction they took it in. Okay. Yeah, sure. It was different. I think it was powerful enough without that happening, though. Yeah. Okay. But that's just my opinion. It was kind of like oh, I was kind of like, oh at the end, uh, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. There's I want to call out one scene, mm-hmm. which was it's one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen on film. I've actually got chills thinking mm-hmm. about it. I, I was very emotional during mm-hmm. it. There's this beautiful, stunning moment probably in the third act mm-hmm. where she's interacting with two other characters. Yes, her and fans. It, we think we can say that. Mm-hmm. It was just so funny. I was laughing mm-hmm. out loud at the beginning, and then it moved into this beautiful tender moment mm. and I really want to know if it actually happened yeah. in real life yeah. but it almost doesn't matter yeah it was almost a metaphor if it did really happen that's lovely but yeah. it's also almost a metaphor for her relationship or with how her fans, fans see yeah. her I yeah. think yeah. it was kind of seeing her from their fans perspective mm. and what she does for them and how real she was too you mm. know like that she was just a woman who craved love connection. And, and connection mm. and affection because mm. People came in and out of her life with an agenda, and that was it. And a lot of her fans feel the same. Yeah. Craving that connection and understanding and to be seen, basically. Yeah. What about um, Renee's singing? Oh, yeah, we need to talk about Renee a little bit more here. Just so good. Like, honestly, I'm lost for words. She was mm. so commanding, and her and her singing and performance was brilliant. Like, yeah. Oscar worthy, you reckon? Absolutely. If she's not on that bill... I'd be very surprised whether she'll win or not, but you know, that's a whole other conversation, but I think it's probably one of her best Mm -hmm. uh, performances. So what would you give this popcorn kernels? Look, I think there were a few things like the flashback moments and that and the end that kind of didn't quite work for me, Mm -hmm. but all in all thoroughly enjoyed it and it was brilliant. So I'd probably give it a four. I agree with you there. I'm going to give it a four too. Okay, now, Joker, this is a movie. This is a movie. Uh, we only just saw it last night. Yeah. Can I talk about my experience yeah, sure. in general? So I saw it in 70 mil film, which I think aesthetically was the perfect way to see this movie. Right, cool. It gave it that gritty graininess, that, obviously that film look, and it really mm. helped set the aesthetic of how how it was filmed and how they told the story, I think, and in the setting, you know, a couple of decades ago, I think, would you would you say it was set in the 70s? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my experience seeing it on film, mm-hmm. and it just added a whole other layer of enjoyment for mm-hmm. 
Now, there's a lot of controversy about this film. It's mm. Obviously, it's concerning, in case you don't know, in case you've been living under a rock, it's concerning the rise of Joker, the villain from the Batman comics. Yeah, his um, origin story, I suppose. Yeah, a sort of standalone origin story. There wasn't yeah. a lot of canon in there. Oh, there was enough to yeah. set the context. Mm-hmm. But it was certainly a story about one man. Yeah. Now, there's been a lot of controversy about this movie because it's been accused of glorifying violence and that kind of... I think, without giving too much away, obviously there's an arc with the character of Arthur played. Mm. Amazingly by Joaquin Phoenix. We'll get onto that in a minute Mm. because we must talk about his commitment to the role. Yeah. It's really bad. Like, he's not a good person. No. In so many words, but... Isn't it strange that you're talking about a villain who you know as part of the canon of mm. comic books and is Batman, mm. et cetera, et cetera, is an awful person and does awful things. Well, this is, but this you is, felt for him. Yes. Well, and this you is, felt for him. This is where people are saying it's problematic, that it's mm. being sympathetic towards male violence. But you've got to remember that this is a comic book character yeah. set in a comic book city. could be like any other city. And you think, it's like New York. Yeah, and you think this could be... This could very easily happen, and maybe it could very easily happen, but mm. at the end of the day, it's Gotham City is an extra super violent place. Yeah. It's a city in ruins. Yeah. On the verge of ruins. Yeah. So this is not a normal set of circumstances mm. to... It's heightened reality. Yeah, to cultivate this kind of behaviour, and yeah. that's what you need to remember. It's mm. not... This is not shining a mirror on reality, no. although the creators of the movie might like you to think that they have. Yeah, and there are similarities to, I guess, things that are happening currently in society. Mm. You know, Hong Kong riots yeah. and, and, you know, all the rest of and it. And I think that's what that's what people's concern stems from. Mm. I just found that, no, I took it for what it was worth. That it was, you have to. That it's a comic book character, mm. extremely violent, psychopathic comic mm. book character. Mm. And for me, it wasn't... I didn't see that it was circumstance that created this monster, which is what people are concerned about, that circumstances justify violence. Yeah. I didn't see it as that. I saw it as, yeah, all these circumstances were really shit, but he was always struggling with those tendencies. He was heavily medicated. Yeah. And until he wasn't heavily medicated and regulated by the one thing tethering Mm -hmm. him in this world, keeping him, you know, Mm -hmm. in a routine, once he didn't have that, then he let loose. Yeah. It's kind so, of that nature versus nurture argument. Yeah, so I, I think it was always there. Yeah, I agree. I, but I think it was it was laid dormant for a mm. long time and it, he yeah. kind of kept it in and, and yeah. there was almost this moment of liberation for him, yes. which is, I know what, you, what the, all the controversy is and you don't support him or feel good for him, but no. you kind of empathise. But it's also incredibly unrelatable at the same time yes. because of the things he's doing and and things that are happening around him as a result of that. Of course you feel a little bit sorry for him. Any decent human being would feel sorry Mm. seeing Mm. someone struggle and go through what he had gone through. If you didn't, then I'd be concerned about you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's natural. It's human nature to sympathize a little bit with what he's going through. I, I don't think the filmmakers went to great lengths to make him sympathetic, which is what the issue and the controversy stems from. Right. I don't feel that they did that. Mm. There were it did become a little bit problematic towards the end when he started to embrace being the Joker. Yeah, there was some like background music and some sequences. The sequence on the stairs. Oh my god, the fucking amazing yeah. use of of song. And yeah, but then it started to become a bit cool. 
Do you know what I mean? It started yeah, but to... That's, no, but that's... No, I understand what you're saying, but that's him thinking it's cool. Yes, and this is exactly... You need to separate that. Yes, yeah. and, and this is what... I went to see it with my husband, and this is mm-hmm. exactly what my husband said as well. Yeah. He's like, it's from his point of view. Absolutely. This whole movie is from his point of view. Of it's course he It's very, it cool. very all on him. He got his confidence. He started strutting. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you're meant to think he's cool. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's finally hit the big time and yeah. he's got confidence and people right. see him. Um, can we talk about mm-hmm. how Joaquin mm-hmm. chose to tell that story? Uh, he, he is such an incredible um, character actor, mm-hmm. one of the best of our generation. I think I've said this before. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with his physicality. Yep. So the character of Arthur, just to give you some context of who he was, and this isn't any spoilers, it's mm-hmm. kind of in the bias and whatever, but... He's a, he works for a company mm. that farm out the clowns to hospitals, children's parties, mm. you know, rotating those, you know, quick flash sale signs on the mm. street and whatever. And, and he, he aspires to be a stand-up comedian. Mm. And, uh, you know, th- those sorts of moments are quite uh, interesting, how they've portrayed his stand-up mm. sort of style. And but again, whatnot. he thinks he's really going for it. Yeah, he, and yeah. It's very formulaic for him taking notes. Like he goes and sits and watches stand up and going, um, make eye contact, make eye contact and sexy jokes are always funny and things. So, but then through his lens, his twisted sense of reality Mm. and his environment mean that it's like the jokes, they're there, but they're like, his delivery is off. It's Mm. just, but it's fascinating to watch. Like you're never meant to think that he's funny because to be honest, he's not. Yeah. He's quite creepy. Yeah. Can we talk about his laugh? Yes. I don't want to, I don't think we should reveal like yeah, the origins yeah. of his laugh, mm. but it is so uncomfortable to watch. Yes. And I think it's a really unique way of them taking the IP and the known, the mm. known elements of Joker and the character and his mm. laugh is so iconic in all the iterations of other actors who have played him. Mm. But this one is the most interesting Hmm. way that they've weaved the, his laugh in. into yeah. the story. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it carries all the way through, obviously. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Really interesting. And he, I, I read quickly that like it was a real struggle for him to find that laugh. Mm. And it's a very physical laugh. Yeah. I did feel quite uncomfortable watching the movie mm. in different points. Mm. So, I mean, I wasn't super in rolled all the way through i found it a little bit uneven mm-hmm. in some some aspects like um, slow do you mean a bit yeah like, would you say maybe, boring maybe, maybe just a bit off kilter but then mm. again that's just that's the character as yeah. well isn't it yeah, um yeah, yeah it was a little bit uneven there were some great beautiful cinematic shots stunning um really good sequences i think you're supposed to be uncomfortable 
yeah. in a movie like this. So, oh, yeah. I mean, don't criticise it for that. Mm-hmm. And also, a movie is supposed to make you feel something. If yeah. it didn't make you feel even uncomfortable, then mm-hmm. it hasn't done its job. Yeah, yeah. So what would you give this? Oh, gosh, we're already there. Look, I think I love their take on the story and how mm-hmm. they tweaked things about the character to put it in the context that mm-hmm. worked for this movie and the story mm-hmm. they were about to tell, they were telling about this man. Uh, I'd probably give it a four and a half because wow. I really thoroughly enjoyed watching. You like this more working. than Judy? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think it's a wow. I think it's a better put together film. It, like technically, mm. like, I don't know. There was just more to it that I liked wow. over Judy. But I mean, heck, you can't compare Joker to Judy. <laughs> uh, um, so that's that. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, see, I found it really interesting. I was really fascinated to watch this movie. Mm. As I said, I don't think I was raptured all the way through it, but there were some really great aspects. And um, and I'm yeah, I'm just really fascinated that they took an original take on it. Yeah. And I think Joaquin's going to be up for an Oscar as well. Well, yeah, just no doubt about it. But I'd give it only three and a half. Okay. Not yeah. only three and a half. Three and a half's not so bad. That's solid. That's, that's good. solid. Yeah. Yeah. So the other new releases this week. Uh, Paw Patrol Ready Race Rescue take your kids to see it school holiday viewing you Maybe. always laugh at that it's I don't know why I laugh at it it's I, a cute film yeah I know I don't know why I laugh okay news uh, this is really good let's open with this mm-hmm. supporting Aussie cinema we uh, reviewed Ride Like a Girl mm-hmm. in our last podcast and we both really loved it so mm-hmm. if it's still out go check it Really amazing to see that it's topped the Australian box office in its opening weekend, yep. which is fantastic. People are really embracing the story they're going out, and mm-hmm. uh, I think this will be a really strong word-of-mouth film, so that's yep. really positive. We got a sneak peek of the new Frozen sequel song, Into the Unknown. I think we've got another catchy song on our hands. I don't know if it's as strong as Let It Go. I don't know if anything can be as strong as Let It Go, but we'll just see. You, when you have a song like Let It Go and it literally encapsulates the cultural zeitgeist, yeah. it's kind of like Thriller or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many other songs that can never be topped. But Adina Menzel, of course, knocks it out of the park. Again. Yeah, and, but I wonder if this is the if, if this is the Let It Be of Frozen Two, or mm-hmm. they've they've kept it under wraps and Maybe. it's gonna it's gonna you know knock one? your socks off mm-hmm. while you're watching the movie. We got a new poster out for the Guy Ritchie movie, The Gentleman, which seems to be a British style gangster flick. It's a return to form for him, but it's an absolute sausage fest. This film, I think Michelle. <laughs> All these movies are. I think Michelle Dockery is the only woman in the main cast, but we've got Charlie Hunnam, Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant, Matthew McConaughey. All these big names. Yeah, yeah. All through and through looks like a Guy Ritchie movie. Mm-hmm. You know, even just the angles of some of the shots and uh, all the, like the sets and, and costumes and stuff, like it's good. It's I'm, okay, I'm really keen, yeah. Maleficent Mistress of Evil had its world premiere in LA. It's coming to Aussie cinemas very, very soon, mm-hmm. just a couple of weeks, October looked like, 17. Looked like a very glamorous premiere. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Kenneth Branagh is back. Mm-hmm. With another Poirot, Poirot. How do you say that? Poirot. You're the pronunciation expert on this podcast. Poirot. Poirot. Uh, okay. The man with the moustache. Death on the Nile is mm-hmm. coming. Now, Murder on the Orient Express came out mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and that was kind of, I quite enjoyed it, but it mm-hmm. wasn't perfect. I mean, th- these movies are successes in my eyes in how they bring such an incredible ensemble cast together. Yes. He's done it again. So you've got Gal Gadot. Um, Annette Benning, Russell Brand, 
French and Saunders. Randomly, um, yeah. Yeah, which is brilliant. You're kind of like going down all these lines and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It's yeah, like, yeah. And then, you know, Dawn French and uh, Jennifer, Saunders. Jennifer Saunders is kind of in the bottom line. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, it's like you kept delivering. I mean, but with these kind of actors in it, it's going to be a very different movie. Very. And it's coming in October 2020. Very excited for that one. Now, we've talked about the Batman a little bit on the podcast mm-hmm. before, but I don't know if we've discussed that, it, that it's actually going to be a trilogy. Right, I think that was a, that's always assumed, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, so director Matt Ray Reeves has the option to go beyond the three that are planned, mm-hmm. and we've also they've also revealed that there's going to be a Batgirl film. Yeah, it's going to tie into this iteration, and Dick Grayson will appear, who's Robin. Obviously. Okay, that's good because um, our last play with Batgirl in film was Alicia Silverstone in Batman and Robin, which yes is. Um, you know, a movie that I loved as a kid. And we're going to get a very different iteration of her in Birds of Prey. Oh, is Batgirl in Birds of Prey? She is, yes. Really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. And the director of Birds of Prey is actually going to be directing the Batgirl film. Okay, so, fantastic. So she should be able to bring that yeah. knowledge over. So then this Batgirl will be within Matt Reeves' story, I imagine. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. Very good. A Pippi Longstocking film has just been announced. It's in the early stages of development from the producer of The Secret Garden and the Harry Potter series and Fantastic Beasts series. Yeah, yeah. So this should be a really nice film too. Pippi Longstocking is a literary hero for kids everywhere. I'm surprised this hasn't happened yet. There has been a movie. Oh, has it? There was a movie, I want to say in what, the, the early 90s? 90s or 80s. Yeah. I was ringing. But now you're going to have CGI to help because Pippi Longstocking is the strongest girl in the world. She can lift a horse. She's got not superpowers, but she's got super strength. I mean, lifting a horse is mm-hmm. pretty powerful. <laughs> she's a, yeah, she's, she's something. Super strength and a big heart. That's what she's known for. Oh, beautiful. So with a bit of CGI, I think this could be really good. Yeah. So let's talk trailers. We just mentioned earlier, Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. We've felt different about this trailer i thought it was brilliant oh no look i liked it Mm. i liked it but what i said was i was concerned that they give away the farm with this trailer the birds of prey trailer we've been hanging for it Mm. i feel like they've given away the story okay because i didn't really know who ewan mcgregor's character was he's the villain and now yeah i knew he was gonna be the villain Mm. but now they've kind of hit you over the head with it you know in this day and age we've always got multiple trailers multiple teasers Mm. behind the scenes featurettes released before the movie it's all to hype up the movie but do you think it's just killing interest in movies these days what about the days when we used to just get one trailer well, yeah, I mean, we just demand more information as a society now. Yeah. It's never okay for a trailer to literally tell mm. you what the movie is all about and you feel all the beats. It's usually romantic comedies or, dra- or you know, mm. lovey-dovey dramas that literally go Get through yeah. every act in the movie in a two-minute trailer. And you're like, well, I don't need to fucking go see the film now. Yeah. But I didn't really feel like this gave away too much. No? Okay. Yeah. I feel like this movie's relying heavily on the pull of Margot Robbie and the fact that it's the first all-female mm. superhero team on film. Yeah, amazing. Which is enough to go and see it. Definitely oh, fantastic. Sure. And her performance is going to be outstanding, as but, always. Yeah. She is definitely coming to the forefront here. Mm. She was probably the best thing, the only good thing, rather, of Suicide Squad. Mm. So I'm really glad that her story is going to be continued. And what I really love is that Margot Robbie's using her production company yeah. and her first solo outing as, a, as this character to not take all the limelight and like introduce all these badass female mm. 
characters. She's such a powerful player in Hollywood right now. She's basically she's put her money where her mouth is. Yeah. Basically, she's a great collaborator. She's she taking a big risk, work. but I think it's a calculated yeah. one. I think it's a good one. Oh, I don't think this is a risk at all. I think this will definitely pay off. So we got a trailer for Spies in Disguise, which is an animated film with the voices of Will Smith and Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't realize what this movie was about. I knew it was about spies, but apparently. Will Smith plays a character who gets turned into a pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) It's the disguise. So a lot of uh, pigeon-related humour in this movie. Yeah, yeah. This is a a great piece of casting for Will Smith, I think, Mm. because he's so... As a pigeon. (laughs) As a pigeon. I mean, uh, let me finish. Um, You know, he's... uh, He's so overzealous, like very high octane, his mm. energy, and that, it, tra- it would translate so well into animation, yep. even if he's playing a pigeon. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, you don't love these movies, The King's Man. Yeah, so, no, no, that's not true. I like the first one. The second <laughs> one is god awful, The Golden Circle. I never want to even lay eyes on it. <laughs> we got a teaser a little mm. while ago, and I was very intrigued, thinking, yeah. ooh, they're going to do something. This one is still excites me, but I feel like it's kind of revealed more of the sort of tone mm-hmm. it's it's going to be. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. So it's less serious. They've shown it's, it's less, serious. less serious. It's more yeah. in line with the Kingsman humor. Which is fine, mm-hmm. as long as it's not in line with the Golden Circle. Okay? Yeah. That's it. But, I mean, um, what's his name? Ralph Fiennes yeah. is so good in this especially right, yeah. the the last bit about the parachute you know it's brilliant like so good i think yeah. he'll bring his you know great it, it's definitely it's going to be a very different film to the kingsman series mm. just basically on the fact that it doesn't have all the flash gadgets and you know that a kingsman yeah, movie would normally have but yeah. it still seems to have the action sequences and that sort of camera style of following the fight yeah which is great which is what sides. i love about matthew vaughn as a mm. filmmaker so um yeah as long as he doesn't do it too much because then it can be distracting. That's just around the corner coming in February 2020. Yeah. Um, 1917, which is Sam Mendes' next film. Mm-hmm. So we got a very uh, atmospheric teaser a little mm-hmm. while ago, and this is now a full-fledged one. And then we also got a behind-the-scenes featurette, which sucked me right in. Because yes, I wouldn't watch that. You know you were mentioning before? Yeah. I don't want to... I can watch them after I've seen the movie. That's a fair point, but I watched it. <laughs> okay. They're telling the story of two young British soldiers who have to get a message across enemy lines to warn a battalion that there's going to be a massacre, that they're walking into a massacre. So it's about them trying to get across enemy lines and get this message to their comrades in time. And what they've done is they've made it a one-shot movie, which basically means that the camera is following them all the way in almost real time. Holy shit. Yeah. So that's really a really fascinating way to do that. And the director of photography, Roger Deakins, has come up with that. And I just think it's going to put you right in the thick of the action, right there with them and make you really feel like you're in the trenches with these guys. Okay, so I didn't know that. But now Mm -hmm. looking back at the trailer in my mind, Mm -hmm. there seemed to be – I was like, they've shot this – Differently, you know that moment where the plane crashes, mm. and it's kind of like there's no cutting. No, like, exactly. You just see the plane crash and then running away. And I thought, mm. what? Like this? It looks like there's so many cinematic moments in here. Now that makes sense. Yes. So That's the camera, extraordinary. The camera is going to be right with them the whole time, and there's no cutaways. There's no tidying things up with, you know, cuts and edits and things like that. It's. So you're saying that if this is a two-hour movie, that they are getting to the guys within two hours no no this is what i found a bit confusing because they said it's in real time but 
it's not strictly real time because okay. it, yeah. well, we'll see how they communicate it. But a lot of it is going to be just mm. following mm. the camera follows these two guys and doesn't yeah. leave them basically. Yeah. But it, this movie looks absolutely mm. sensational and that mm. really excites me too. So thank you for watching that featurette <laughs> and yeah. sharing that detail. Um, the Good Liar. We've got a trailer for The Good Liar with Ian McKellen and Helen Rubbing Mirror. Rubbing my yeah. hands together. <laughs> so exciting that these two are working together. Yeah, it's, oh, what a brilliant pair. Mm-hmm. Such strong British actors. Um, so Ian McKellen seems to be a bit of a con artist mm-hmm. and, and Helen Mirren is this very rich woman and he mm-hmm. wants to infiltrate her life and then take all her cash, yep. I guess. But I'm guessing she's going to flip the script on him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that moment that grabs you at the end of the trailer where she's in on it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's cottoned on. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Ian McKellen, you know, this trailer, really, he looks brilliant in this mm-hmm. movie. It's a really cool role for him, I think. It's directed by Bill Condon, who traditionally has done musical-style films. He's done Chicago, Dreamgirls. He co-wrote The Greatest Showman. He's an Oscar-winning writer, so I'm really excited about the story mm-hmm. behind this. The Personal History of David Copperfield. Oh. Starring Dev Patel. Yes, yeah, so I've kind of like read a few headlines that this movie is not very good. They um, blind casted this film, which is a term I only was introduced to earlier this week. And then this trailer came out and I read some trivia on it and it was like, this was blind casting. I'm like, what the hell? Like the creators of the film don't, uh, you know, it's not like set in stone that this is a white character or a black character mm-hmm. or whatever. It's kind of like... Who do we cast that's right for the, the character, the role of who they are? So you could have people of colour, maybe different ge- genders maybe, mm. but um, playing other roles. So it's kind of like, doesn't really matter. Mm. So Dev Patel, you know, isn't traditionally what the role of David Copperfield was written. Mm. Um, by Charles Dickens. Yeah, yeah, by Charles Dickens. But I mean, that was a different time. So Very different time. But, uh, you know, that interests me. Well, that was a massive week, isn't yep. it? What's coming out next week? It's another massive week. Um, October 10th. So Judy is out. We've obviously seen that, loved yes. it, and reviewed it. Go see um, that as soon as it comes out. It's just a joy. Mm-hmm. And Gemini Man. So this is uh, an Ang Lee movie who's an exceptional mm-hmm. filmmaker, uh, starring Will Smith. Mm-hmm. It's shot in like a high frame rate, <clears throat> which is awkward to watch. I watched The Hobbit you know, years ago in high frame rate, and I wanted to just cry (laughs) so bad so they're trying to bring it back yeah they're trying to bring it back i'm not hearing very good things about this Mm, movie that's a shame because i was really interested by this yeah um hustlers starring Mm. j-lo oscar Um, buzz yeah this is getting oscar buzz i'm really excited to see this movie next week people are just raving about her performance uh yeah i'm gonna be there seeing this movie to kind Mm. of get my take so we'll review that one for sure so yeah, the eulogy is out as well, and it's a documentary that examines the life of, or the life death almost of Australian pianist Geoffrey Tozer. Paul Keating delivered a moving eulogy All right. at his funeral. Okay. That should be a fascinating Australian documentary. A lot of different sorts of uh, genres and films there. You got sci-fi, you got a bio, buddy sort of uh, female ensemble <laughs> film, and documentary mm. buddy female ensemble yeah, I don't film. Know. I don't did I just come up with a new genre that's completely wrong? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, let's find out. So, guys, Joker and Judy, yep. check those movies out. They're fantastic. Let us know what you think. Give us a, a like on Facebook. We have a Facebook page now. Yes, this is a new development, yeah. and we love hearing you... all your thoughts about the movies on there. We're available on all good podcast apps, but if you don't know which podcast app you'd like to try, we have a website, popcornpodcast.com, and all the links to all the podcast 
So I'm grinning. I'm so excited that we have a website. <laughs> it's it's really good. So uh, and any feedback on the website, if it's you know user friendly, just let us know and we can make any tweaks. But yeah, yeah. you can find us really easily there. Just chuck it in the Google. In chuck the Google it in the Google. Chuck it in the Google machine. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, we will be back next week uh, with more reviews, movie news, and trailers. So thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. See you next time. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.